see. Back for more chills and tales from the crypt. Welcome then. Welcome to the Crypt of Terror. It's your host in horror, the Crypt Keeper. Ready to curdle your blood with another Creeps Collector's item. So come in. In this yarn, you will be the main character. Oh, you'd like that. Well, we'll see. Everything that happens will be seen through your, the main character's, eyes. Ready? Then start living the tale I call Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. You open your eyes and the glaring light overhead blinds you. Suddenly you realize that you have been in a swirling sea of darkness and have only now come to the surface. A gray haze hangs over you, but soon even that clears away, like cobwebs being swept aside by a fastidiously wielded duster. Things come into focus. Jellied objects slowly freeze into solidity. A figure bends over you, shielding the overhead glare from your light, sensitive eyes. Can you? Can you see me? Nod your head if you can. You nod your head, looking up at the figure bending over you. His beady little eyes dance behind thick crystal-like glasses. He grins. I knew it. I knew I could do it. Oh, we will be famous, you and I. The world will flock to see us. You look around. You're in a small, instrument-cluttered room. Glass cabinets filled with test tubes line the walls. Strange-shaped machines surround you. The figure standing over you pats your chest reassuringly. Don't try to move. Just lie there. Can you talk? Can you say anything? You open your mouth. Somewhere back under that sea of blackness you have just risen from is the memory of speech. You open your mouth, but only a choking gurgle spills out. That's all right. Do not worry. You will talk again. I will teach you. Now rest. The figure with the thick glasses turns to go. He moves through the apparatus-crowded room to a door and opens it. He reaches for a light switch. I will be back later. I must go out front now. It's time to give another show. Rest until later. The room falls into darkness, and he goes out. For a while, you just lie there, sucking in the warm air. Then you try to sit up. Something tight across your chest digs in. You are strapped down. You try to move your arms. The metal bands across your wrists hold them fast. You call out, 
surprised at the gargled screechiness of your own voice. You look down towards your feet, at the heavy scuffed shoes and the bands across your legs. How did you get here? What has happened to you? What is this fiend trying to do to you now? A cold chill of fear shivers over you. You tug and you strain. The straps across your chest part like paper and you sit up, tearing your arms loose. Your legs! Ah, you crawl through the open window of the room out into the night. The cool night filled with a thousand voices, a million flickering stars. To your right, lights gleam behind silhouetted buildings. People, many people, move in the light, gaily laughing, talking. Somewhere, a calliope plays, its music drifting into the darkness. A harsh voice calls, luring, promising. Hurry, hurry, right this way. See Morrow's Wax Museum. See the Chamber of Horrors. You are in the rear alleys of an amusement park. The light and the laughter and the music and the voices seem to draw you like a magnet. You move towards them, down between the buildings toward them. They are closer now, the laughing people. They move past the alley, a sea of faces, a sea of smiles. And now you're nearly there, nearly out of the alley, nearly among them. The woman's eyes bulge in her blanched face. She stares at you. Her hysterical shriek is like a door slamming out the laughter. The voices, the music. Silence falls. Thick, sad silence. What is it? Anna? What? Look! Good Lord! Suddenly the door is opened once more. Only this time there's no laughter, no music. Shouts of dismay, screams of terror pour in at you. Police! Run! Oh Lord, get Run! him! Get him! Again, that chill of fear knifes through you. You turn, turn from the shouts and the screams and the bulging eyes and the blanched faces, and you run back up the alley, back into the blackness. There he goes! After him! I'm, I'm sick. Footsteps clatter after you, but they soon fade. The amusement park is very far away when you finally slow down to a walk. <clears throat> you gasp for breath. Your heart pounds in your chest like a piston. You're on a country road. The ribbon of concrete winds away into the darkness. You move along it. Behind you, a gentle purring grows louder and... Louder. A car. You turn, facing into the oncoming headlight glare. The car pulls up beside you. The driver calls to you. Want a ride into town, bud? You open the door. 
For a moment, he looks at you, horrified. Then he screams. Why do they scream when they see you? That frightened, terrifying screaming. You want to stop it. You clap your hand over his mouth, but his eyes still scream. And then his eyes glaze and roll, and he is dead. His body goes limp, and you let it slip away from you like a soft sack. He falls against the steering wheel, and the horn begins to blow. A long, monotonous moan. You pull him from the car and push him to the side of the road. The car purrs along the concrete ribbon, smoothly. The road slips from the darkness ahead into your headlight beam and down under the humming wheels. Soon, houses begin to appear. You are coming into town, and things seem familiar to you. And then you see it. The small white cottage. Your foot depresses the brake pedal automatically as you swing into the driveway. You've done it a thousand times before. You know it. You slip from the car and cross the freshly cut lawn. The name on the sign sticking awkwardly in the shrub bed strikes a familiar note. The name, Stone. Suddenly you remember, Arthur Stone. That's who you are. And Nancy, your wife, she's waiting for you. You hammer anxiously on the neat, clean front door. Upstairs, a light goes on. Footsteps descend inside, coming closer, coming down the steps. The door swings open. Yes, what is it? Who? Nancy, even Nancy looks at you like that. Those eyes. Those wide, frightened, terrified eyes. And now she's screaming. Screaming like the others. And now she's running up the stairs. Screaming. And you're running after her, calling her name. Only it isn't her name that erupts from your throat. It's a choking, gobbled, guttural, Gnarl! Keep away! Oh Lord! Help! Help! And now she's in the bedroom, and you're moving toward her, pleading. But there's no recognition in her eyes, only wild hysteria. And she's backing away, backing toward. The open window! Toward! Suddenly, she's gone. Backwards. Out the window. And her scream is cut short by the dull thud 
as her flailing body hits the backyard patio below. You rush to the window, staring down at her, sobbing. When you get to her, she's dead. Her lifeless eyes still stare at you in glazed fear. You stumble to the car and speed back to the carnival. The man with the beady eyes and the thick glasses. He's done something to you. Nancy is dead, and it's his fault. And then you're slipping back up the amusement park alley into the open window. You. Where have you been? The place is crawling with cops. You shouldn't have escaped. You're mine. I made you. I knew I could do it. And I did. I took parts of bodies and I put them together. And I took a brain. A brain of a man who died out there in my wax museum. A man named Arthur Stowe. He died of a heart attack, and I took his brain. I made you live. I always believed it was possible. Out there in my chamber of horrors, there's a tableau of a Frankenstein and his monster. You're my monster. My Frankenstein. What an exhibit you'll make. I'll be famous. I'll, I'll. Don't look at me like that. No. <laughs> Your fingers close about his throat cutting off his scream. And even as the life fades from his twitching body, you're studying your neatly stitched fingers, the sewn wrists, the scarred arms. And then you stumble from the room into the wax museum leaving his lifeless body sprawled amid the equipment. Then you're staring at the tableaus, blood-curdling groupings of historic horror scenes. And suddenly, you see it. The most revolting scene of all, a disgusting monster a conglomeration of stitched flesh, a leering, repulsive thing, staring at you. The Frankenstein monster, no doubt. You clap your hands to your quivering mouth as a nausea sweeps over you. But the monster, the monster moves Two. Oh my God. A mirror! You're looking into 
to a mirror. That's you in there. That repulsive, stitched, fleshed, hideous monster before you. It's your own reflection. You smash the mirror into a thousand glimmering, shining pieces in sheer disgust and horror. Then you're running, screaming, out into the midway. There he goes, after him. The clatter of footsteps is right behind you as you swing into a doorway. He's going into that exhibit! Come on! You're in a maze. A maze of smooth, walled, dark passageways. Trapped. Suddenly, the passageways are flooded in brilliant light. Figures leap at you from all sides. Horrible, disfigured, stitched, fleshed figures. And no matter which way you turn, your maddening, revolting reflection glares at you, shouts at you, shrieks at you in utter revulsion. Until when they find you, the life lent to your monstrous skin-sewn body has faded, escaped from each countless long-dead section, subtracted from the sum product of horror that added up to you, driven from you by the madness of your own image. Issue number 34.
The audio play was performed and produced by J.J. Ramcharan. The entire production was under the supervision of Jonathan Ramcharan. <laughs>